Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Griswold Gospel Podcast. This is my first episode. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I did not put a lot of uh, preparation into this. I was just thinking about it while I was at the gym, and I thought it was a good idea. And uh, God really is just really putting it on my heart. So um, this first episode is, it could be a little rocky. Um, and I just felt very encouraged, very inclined to do this. So this first episode, the goal this episode is to it's basically about being eternally minded so um where we're going to be reading at um, to start the episode is in my favorite seems to be my favorite book of the bible it's uh first peter we're going to be in chapter four uh, we're going to start in verse one so uh first peter chapter four verse one says therefore since christ suffered in the flesh Arm yourselves also with the same understanding, because the one who suffers in his flesh is dumb with sin. And, okay, let's just stop right there at that point. A lot of people read this and they think, so not blessings, right? Not blessings. Arm myself with the same attitude as Christ. And, yeah, that sounds like a high mountain to climb, right? As the believer, you have to just think to yourself, you're like, man, arm myself with the same attitude as Christ. But you have to also keep in mind, being a believer, you should want and desire to be holy. You should want and desire to be done with sin. So arming yourself with the same understanding, the same attitude as Christ, that's going to help you be done with sin. It's going to help you. Like, don't get me wrong. We all know none of us are ever going to be perfect. We're never going to reach perfection. We're never going to fully be sanctified. But the goal is holiness. The goal is to be dumb as sin. So people really seem to wrestle with that. So then we go and continue on, verse 2. In order to live this the remaining time in the flesh... No longer for human desires, but for God's will. Which that would go hand in hand with the being finished with sin. Verse 3. For there has already been enough time spent doing what the Gentiles chose to do. Carrying on an unrestrained behavior. Evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and lawless idolatry. And I think we can all see that out in our culture today. We see the brokenness. It's because we live in a fallen, broken world full of sin that leads to suffering. And that's why we all need salvation. That's why we all need a Savior. Because Christ came to the world, lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. And he died on that cross and paid the penalty that you deserve, that we deserve, that I deserve. So that we could spend eternity with him. So, and that is the gospel. So then we go to continue on. Verse 4. They're surprised that you don't join them in the same flood of wild living, and they slander you. We see that out in the world today. If you're truly following Christ, there's going to be people that just don't understand. And they will make fun of you for it. And they're like, oh, well, you believe it's stupid. They don't. Here's the thing. When you're a believer, you've had a heart change. Christ has changed your heart. 
in some way or another. So when you get saved, your desires change. It's not doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect right away. None of us are going to be, ever be perfect, as I said earlier. But your desires will change where you want to live holy. It doesn't mean that you're going to do it right away. God works on people's hearts over time. Salvation is just the beginning of sanctification. So then we move on in uh, verse 5. They will give an account to the one who stands ready to judge the living and the dead, which is God. For this reason, the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead, so that, although they might be judged in the flesh according to human standards, they might live in the spirit according to God's standards. And then we go to verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. That's a big one, too. We see, like, there's a bar on, like, every street corner. There are people getting drunk every day. And, you know, there's also people doing drugs every day. This, you see these things all over the place. There's not a lot of people that are sober-minded all the time. So... It says to be sober-minded for prayer. We see that out in the world where people are not sober-minded. And that also, I, sh I should say, um, yeah, there are probably believers that struggle with being sober. However, what I always tell people, and I always tell people this, I try to at least, we shouldn't expect non-believers to believe and follow the same morals that we have. So, for example, I'm pro-life. I believe all Christians should be pro-life if they're biblically grounded in what they believe. So, being pro-life, it's mainly because I'm a Christian. I'd like to believe that if I wasn't a Christian, that I would still be pro-life. But it's because I'm a Christian that I know that that's an absolute morality thing. We shouldn't expect people who are not believers, people who don't follow God's word, people that don't know it, people that don't believe in it, to be pro-life. We shouldn't expect them to, like people who are non-believers, we shouldn't expect them to be sexually moral. We shouldn't expect them to not curse. We shouldn't expect them. To not do all these things because they don't have the same foundation that we have. And our foundation is found only in Christ. The one who saved us. The one who paid the penalty that we deserve. So um, we have a strong, firm foundation that we base our morals on. They don't. They just go with whatever feels right for them. So we got to stop as believers. We got to stop expecting them to believe in the same morals that we have, especially like when they're non-believers. When they're believers, that's different. Hold them to that standard. But if they're not believers, we got to stop expecting them to have morals. Anyway, we move on. Verse 7. No, verse 8. My bad. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. That's a big one. I highlighted that one. That love covers a multitude of sins. When Christ died on that cross for us and paid the penalty that we deserved, lived the perfect life, paid the penalty that we deserved that he did not deserve, 
His love for us covered a multitude of sins by the blood that he poured out for us. Verse 9, be hospitable to one another, hospitable to one another. Without complaining, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Now, this is a big one too. Verse 11, this, I love this. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks the very words of God. How many times do we just, like, I, I've, I'm very guilty of this. How many times do we talk to our friends, talk to anybody, really, and we just say something stupid that we really, like, yeah, obviously you thought about it because it came out of your mouth. But how many times do we just say something stupid and we don't really sit and think before we say it? Or we don't think, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Or maybe we do think that. But then we say it anyways. If anyone speaks, let it be as anyone who speaks the very words of God. If you're holding yourself to that standard, there's going to be a lot of things that don't come out of your mouth. And that's good. So that's something that we really got to consider. Before we say something to someone, would it be something that God would say to them? Just consider that before you say something to someone. I, I'm very guilty of that. And I really have to work on that myself as far as uh, maturity-wise goes. So we move on to, um, if anyone serves, let it be from the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. In everything be the glory, power, and forever and ever. Amen. And then we go to verse 12. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised when the painful trial comes among you to test you, as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when His glory is revealed to us. If, you're, if you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed because of the spirit of glory and God rests on you. So just think about that. If you are made fun of, if you are persecuted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because you're standing firm in truth when this whole world is crumbling before you, right in front of your very eyes. Rejoice, as it says in verse 13. I can't talk. I'm tired. I just got back from the gym. If I just, if I keep stuttering, it's because I'm tired. Anyway, instead rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you also may rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. His glory will be revealed when, one, he returns, and two, um, if you happen to die before he returns, you'll, you'll be with him in glory. And then number 15 uh, says, Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a meddler. If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. So it's basically saying, don't suffer for being an idiot. Suffer for being holy. So, yeah, sanctification and living for Christ will bring suffering. And that's something that we have to understand. Is It's not always going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. So then we move on to uh, 17. I'm just going to finish out chapter 4 here. And I'm going to get into being eternally minded. So we go, in having that name, 
as I said, let him glorify God and have in that name. It says, for the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? And if a righteous person is saved with difficulty, this is this, this is deep, this is big. If a righteous person is saved with difficulty, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So what this is saying is any person who is saved, it's not easy to get to that point. It's not easy to get saved. You have to soften your heart. You have to humble yourself. And you have to go pray out and you say, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I, my sins are, they are heavy. I can't do this on my own. I can't save myself. I am down for hell and I need a savior. It's not easy to get saved. It's not easy to come to salvation to really truly believe. What it's saying is, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner if the righteous person is safe with difficulty? Well, we know what will become of the ungodly and the sinner. Eternal damnation. It's eternal condemnation. Now, it says, like it says in Romans, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But what will become of the ungodly and the sinner, as it says right here? Eternal condemnation. That's big. So then, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. Anyway, let's move on to, like I said, that's one of my favorite books of the entire Bible. Probably my favorite book of the entire Bible. I literally highlighted basically every, almost every verse in that. So, being eternally minded, I'm just going to go into, I see... All over social media, all over Facebook, uh, not as much Instagram, but mostly Facebook and other social media platforms. I'm getting so sick and tired of politics, guys. I'm just getting so sick and tired of it. Um, I just see so many people who claim to be Christians that all they care about, they care about, they really think that, they seem to think that Trump is going to save them. They think that... Uh, Conservative policies are going to save them. They think that that seems that it's literally all they talk about. They talk about that, but they don't. They don't post about God. They don't post about what Christ is doing in their life. They don't post about the impact that God has in their lives. They don't post about what they're reading in the scriptures. They're not posting about any of these things. Anything. And I see them. All they talk about. Politics, 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 endless fighting and, and uh, insulting and picking on people. How has that been? My question has always been, especially recently. Actually, I take that back. It hasn't always been. Recently, especially. How in the world is that bringing people to Christ? Just how? Like, you think that you getting on social media and calling the President of the United States an idiot is going to bring anybody to Jesus. It's not. It makes you look mean, even though, like, yeah, you may not like the guy. And believe me, most Christians don't. Um, but let's be realistic here. That's not bringing people to Christ. And it's so draining when all you do is go on Facebook and just post those things and fight with people. 
at the end of the day, it's not going to change anything. Because guess what? Trump ain't going to save you. Biden ain't going to save you. Nobody's going to save you other than the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm just so drained on that. I'm just thinking these people, they love America so much. And yeah, I love America too, but this is not our home. We're not going to be here forever. Yeah, the earth will pass away. And whether they realize that or not, it's going to happen. This is not our home. Being eternally minded is so, so important. And whenever we realize that this is not our this is not our home, not our forever home, we can find peace and comfort in knowing that the peace of Christ would be upon us and we would just come to the understanding that whatever happens here, there is a plan and a purpose for that. And we're not gonna be here forever. So we can rest in that and find joy in that that there is a place better than this. So, and like I said earlier, people who are not believers should not, we should not be holding them to the same standard because they don't have the foundation that we have. But people who are believers going on Facebook and just call, name calling and whining about politics all day long, number one, I bet they feel drained. So I get into the word a little bit. But two, that, like I said earlier, that's not bringing people to Christ. It's so pointless. And I wish people just realized that going on Facebook, complaining about all these things is not changing a dang thing. Anyway, so being eternally minded. It says in a Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 20, I believe. It says, let me pull this up really quick. I just posted this last night. Great verse. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust. And ah, Gosh, I can't talk. I'm so tired. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths Moth, gosh, I can't talk. Moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves don't break in and steal. Matthew six nineteen through twenty. So what this is saying is, live to glorify Christ, live to bring people to Him, live to be holy, and you. Great will be your reward in heaven. That is what storing up treasures for yourself in heaven is. Living to glorify God will bring you those things. No matter who is the president, no matter who controls your nation, no matter what is going on, God's still on the throne. And I wish people would just rest in knowing that. But instead, they go on social media and they complain about these things and it doesn't change a thing. It, all it does is cause more division and pain and, and anger, bitterness. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. I 
Isaiah 40, verse 8. Others, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. We really look over that sometimes. Forever. Forever. When we die, believers, when we die, we will be with God forever. I really think that we just forget that sometimes. That when we die, we will be with God forever. And like I said, this is not our forever home. And people need to start realizing that. Anyway, this wasn't a very long episode. Um, I didn't really prepare much for this. Um, so I hope that uh, you found it entertaining and that you just tune into the next episode. I'm probably going to upload it next week. I might feel inclined to do it sooner. Um, but uh, I just thank you guys for listening and thank you for your attention. And I would appreciate the support. If you could share this around, that'd be great. I'd really appreciate it. All right. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. See you.